It's the biggest event of the summer. <laughs> Owen, <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? It's time to play the game, Cole. For all of you out there right now, you just lost the game. <laughs> Cole, ask Cole. Get so upset about that. You all just lost the game. And be truthful. I know some of you out there are listening going, wow, it's been 10 years since I played it. You all just lost the game, and you're welcome. We are now the most hated podcast in all of America. That's a cheap heat move right there, bud. Yeah, cheap heat. Cheap heat. Uh, but what we're going to talk about today, speaking of games, we're going to talk about football games, Cole. We're less than a, we're less than two months out from the college football season. I am so ready. We are ready. We are ready. We're going to be heading to Baton Rouge this year. Yep. With our buddy Jay. Jay's going to be tagging along. We're, We're going to head back forward to it. To watch LSU take on the Auburn Tigers. No, nah, no, nah, not take on. Take on. Take on is is too weak of a word there, friend. If you if we are going to an LSU game, I need y'all as bloodthirsty about it as I'm going to be, right? We are going to destroy the Auburn Tigers and show all those recruits and all those transfers. We'll get into that a little bit later. Why they picked the wrong SEC school. But Bama's also on their schedule, so I figured that would anyway, be. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're all, we're starting off great here. We're starting off great, just like we never left. Yeah. Uh, but what we're getting at here is summer special. We're just going to give you a precursor here. If you were if you're new to the podcast, we did a summer special last year. We uh, there was a lot to talk about with realignment. USC mm-hmm. and UCLA had announced that by next summer, so the summer of 2024, that they would be. Joining the Big Ten come the summer of 2024. However, this is going to be a brand new year for the Big 12, for the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, and Conference USA. As we all, <clears throat> excuse me, as we all welcome in several new members to our conferences. Um, so that's going to be on the table for this summer special. We're going to be talking about realignment. Realignment has so far cooled everything everybody minus texas and oklahoma and usc and ucla minus those you know the big name teams i guess minus them going to their new home realignment so far the teams that have been moving or are planning on moving have moved uh after that we're also going to be talking about some rules changes you know that's going to come up real soon rules changes big rules me and cole are very against it um and then after that we're going to get into recruiting we're going to get into transfer portal if we have time but the big two that we're going to be talking about today are new rules and the realignment and the new teams coming into realignment. Essentially, this is just a prep episode to see, you know, um, new faces, new places. Um, you know, when you tune in on um, the first college game of the year, this is all, all this episode is going to, it's going to show you where everyone is, what's going to be new, what's going to be happening. Just to get you excited for the upcoming season. That's what we want to do here is get you excited for the upcoming season before we kick it off. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. (laughs) Without further ado, let us reintroduce ourselves. I am Owen Spelnick. My name is Cole Connor. And you are listening to the Panther Pod 2023 Summer Special. Okay, so we're going to get into it. First thing that we're going to talk about here is we're going to talk about rules, new rules coming to college football. Boo! 
norm, usually you would think that, oh, the rules that need to be changed are the targeting rules, or maybe let's tweak overtime a little bit, even though they did tweak overtime over the, um, over the course of last year. Let's retweak overtime, whatever. Actually make the game a little bit more playable. Actually make the game a little bit more playable. No, what they instead do is the four new rules, four big changes coming to college football aside from realignment is, number one, Outlawing consecutive timeouts. No more are you allowed to ice the t- ice the kicker, Cole. No more. Honestly, out of the four, I think this is the least offendable one. Because to me, I, I see where NCAA is coming from from this and the football committee. Because the last thing that I want to do at the end of a very close game is watch three to four minutes of a kicker getting iced or somebody coming in and saying, all right, we'll be right back after this commercial break. So instead of three to four minutes or three to five minutes of icing the kicker, it's now turned into 10 minutes. Excuse me. It's now turned into 10 minutes of icing the kicker. So I agree with you out of the four. These are the, this one is the least offendable. I can kind of get behind this one. Yeah. However, yeah. It can hurt you, though. What about when you're trying to... Well, so icing the kicker played a very big role in one game from last year. Uh, and this is just the first game. It, it played a big role in a lot of games last year. But the biggest game for me, Tennessee-Alabama. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Heupel iced Bama's kicker, um, causing him to uh, shank it from 29 out, I think. And so then they march down the field. Tennessee uh, nails it, wins the game. So what are you telling me is the rules committee changed the rules for Alabama? I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that. All my conspiracy theorists, you know, you can put your you can put your tinfoil hats on. Uh, Big Brother's out to get LSU all the time. Um, cool, but, your tinfoil hat is on. Uh, it's conspiracy, man. Um, no, that that's not what I'm saying. I think it's going to make for a more streamlined fourth quarter, um, especially towards the end of the game. Yeah, and yeah, I guess into the halftime. Yeah. All right, speaking of halftime and going into halftime, uh, rule number two that's going to be changed is not extending quarters. What does this mean? So when they say not extending quarters, that untimed down, so for some reason if the ball goes out of bounds or something happens um, or or there's a penalty, the penalty is the biggest one, is if there's a penalty and you get moved back a yard or you get moved back five yards, whatever the penalty may be, you get to play that quarter for an extra down. So once the clock reaches the triple zeros for that quarter, you get that extra play right you get a free shot you get a free shot before going into the next quarter you also get this at halftime and that means you would get it for fourth quarters as well again i'm not a big fan of this because it's like sometimes there's a penalty so that means you're just now putting the game more into the ref's hands of now a holding call is going to be a pen is going to be something that could end the game and it's 21 23 so here's my stance I, I know i'm i'm not really a big fan of this one either but again i see where they're getting at because how often does a quarter end with a penalty or a ball rolling out out of bounds exactly not not very often i see what they're saying mm-hmm. mix back i will say I'm, I'm gonna go back here i misread it's only gonna be for the first and third quarter 
Okay. So it's not going to be for second going into the halftime. And you will not see a game end on a defensive holding penalty. Yes, it will be. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yep. So it'll so, be on a fir- only on the first and third quarter. Even with that being said, very rare instances of a first and a third quarter ending on a holding penalty or, you know, getting that extra free play. Yeah. Uh, next one. This is the last one. I'm sorry. It was not four. I don't know why we were so set on four rules. It's three rules. I thought there was four. This is the most egregious out of all I of I agree them with this. Because we're not pro football. And pro football yeah. does this. And this is one of the reasons I don't like pro football. Running clock. So if you're not familiar, if for some reason you have stumbled on to this backwoods mom and pop yeah, if podcast. This is, if this is your first introduction to pro football, or not pro, good no. Um, if this is your first introduction to college football, Welcome. How? <laughs> there are many more places you could get it, but we're we're, we're, we're very, very excited. We're very excited that you're here. But um, yeah, no, uh, I don't know how you found us, but thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, running clock. So in college football, it used to be if you if the team got the first down, the clock stopped until the ball was set. Once the ball was placed or set clock runs again you'll see it a lot um for those of you who aren't familiar with college football when the ref sets the ball and does the overhand motion yeah the windmill motion that's signaling the timekeepers to start the clock again we will not see that anymore no because the clock will continue to run to me this changes the entire facet of the college game the only thing that is positive about this is that last little tidbit that they had on there. Looking at the website, reading it straight off, according to this rule, the clock will continue to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside two minutes of a half. I like that part, mm-hmm. where two minutes of a half, you're running two-minute ball, you're looking for any opportunity whatsoever to regroup, call plays, you know, make substitutions if you need to. You have that still. You you still have that. Yeah, I uh, I still think I'm, I'm not a pro ball player. Don't try to make college ball pro ball. There's yeah. a reason that people love college ball over yeah. pro ball, and there's a reason people love pro ball over college ball. Now, do I think that this is going to impact college football viewership tremendously? No, absolutely not. I I think they won't see anything out of any of these rule changes but you will be seeing a different game being played but all this comes back to to the monetary aspect of the economics the financial aspect of college football because everybody kept telling us the games are too long the games are too long cole i don't know about you but i would love to sit down for four hours and watch a west virginia game i don't who's who's complaining about a four-hour football game I think it goes back to the NCAA, and I, the NCAA has been critiqued so much because of their handling of the transfer portal, recruiting, NIL, everything like that. Now that NIL is basically a done deal, I think this is the NCAA trying to exercise what little power they have left well, that, in, the college, th- in the college football uh, 
market. I think it's also ESPN, CBS, NBC, Fox. Trying to make it more streamlined and commercialized. Yeah, Yeah, well, trying to make it more um, to where they can put in those extra commercials in there. If they would just cut commercials off the football games... That would never happen. No, it wouldn't happen, but that's the whole whole issue here, is the games are running too long because of all the commercials. Yeah. The games are not that are not actually that long. I heard one time that of the entire football game, of the entire football game that you watch, of the total amount of commercials, timeouts, plays, everything like that, the time that you spend actually watching them play football, the actual play, adds up to only 11 minutes. Adds up to only 11 minutes. So that means if you're watching a three-and-a-half-hour football game, for three hours and 20 minutes, you're watching replays, you're watching your team huddle up, and you're watching uh, commercials. You're not actually, for the majority of the time, you're not actually watching them play football. You're talking about the ball being snapped. The ball being snapped. As soon as the ball is snapped. I'm not talking about whenever you see the field on screen. I'm talking about when the the ball is snapped and the ball is live. Which makes sense. Um, I mean, the game goes... It, it's wild to think about from that perspective, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And there's not really a whole lot. There's not really a whole lot that you can change about the nature of the game from that respect because you need that, you know, sixty seconds in between play, forty whatever yeah. it is. You need that time to regroup, catch your breath, draw up the next yeah. play. You know, go. And for football it. doesn't need to change. It's football. It's yeah. it, it's great as it is, but this rule right here of the clock running and the like the untimed down, uh, the non-consecutive timeouts, the not extending quarters, it's all for money purposes. Because yeah. as soon as the first quarter ends, great, that's just quicker. We're going to commercial now, so those guys can. Whoever's yeah. advertising, get their name out there. I care less. I don't like. To me, it's gotten to the point, especially if I watch a video on YouTube. If your ad interrupts my YouTube video, it, I'm not going to buy your product because yeah. you've inconvenienced me. I'm not going to buy yeah. it. The same way with commercials. I'm not. You've inconvenienced me. I'm yeah. not buying your product. And I, I, I agree with you. It's definitely it's frustrating when you go to sit down and watch a 15 minute long episode of something Uh unless you're like paying ridiculous pricing to stream it without commercials Um, but when you go down to sit and watch a 15 minute episode of tv you have 15 minutes of commercials that you have to slog through yeah that's wild yeah it's ridiculous so uh new rules changes we're not happy about it uh what they you know what rule they do need to change Cole? the targeting (laughs) rule the nil rules Wrangle that in. I could care less about this. I could care. This was not something that needed to be fixed. NIL, we've had our disagreements over. I think there needs to be a cap. You say get rid of it entirely. Um, you know, it, and again, I think it goes back to where the NCAA is just exercising what power they have left, and that's going to inconvenience the viewers in it the is. long term. It is. I'll give you um, this, little, this little tidbit here. Go for it. Um, this little extra here. Uh, but this little tidbit, and this is not the surprise I was talking about uh, for this later on. Uh, but this is not the surprise I was talking about for you before we went on air. I'm scared. Uh, but no, this little tidbit, I heard this today. It was off of Late Kick Live by with Josh Pate. Uh, if you haven't listened to him, great show. Go check him out. Uh, he was talking about something that may happen in college football. There's a possibility. Um, Cole, you're a wrestling fan, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out LA Knight. Yeah. Um, Hopefully you don't. Do they have that copyright? They can't copyright it. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Uh, they made a t-shirt for it, so there's that. And it's on the way for me. I already we don't make it. money off of this podcast, no, so. It don't matter. Yeah. Anyways, so. Um, where was I going with this? Oh. Wrestling fan. Yes. What is, outside of the United States, what is one of the biggest fan bases or. Soccer. Regions. No, 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 no. Outside of the United States, for wrestling, what is one of the biggest, um. I don't know how to. Oh, what is the one of the Market. biggest TV markets. markets? What is one of the biggest TV markets outside the United States? Uh, they just had a pay per view. UK and not the UK. Saudi. Saudi Arabia. You're kidding me. It is not speculation, but Josh Pate brought this up, and I want to get your thoughts on it on how you feel about this. Is what if will you Saudi Arabia for example? What if Saudi Arabia wants to spend their money? They've done it with WWE. They're doing it with the uh, with the golf section of sports. LIV, but that's come to an end now. It is because because yeah. Live Golf and P- PGA and are merging, and yeah. I think that's part partly because of the Saudis. Yeah. Well, um, and so finish, and I'll yeah okay. finish. So, for example, let's look at the Pac-12 just real quick mm-hmm. or. Big Twelve. Let's go with Big Twelve, I guess, since we're, yeah, since I'm Big Twelve. Whatever. Uh, since I'm going with the Big Twelve. All right. So obviously the Big Twelve with the current market right now, with the current economic status of the Big Twelve, they are nowhere close to the SEC or the Big Ten and what they bring to the table. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, very exactly. Uh, there were at least thirty million dollars in difference. They're about thirty to fifty million dollar difference between the SEC and the Big Twelve. Yeah, per team. When we're talking about the team buyout, right? Um, so, like for example, when Oklahoma moves to the SEC, they'll get around sixty million dollars. Um, when uh, for West Virginia, dollars for all them losses. I know, <laughs> I know, uh, but that, that's why they're going to the SEC. They get sixty million dollars for a ton of losses. Uh, anyways. For West Virginia's sake, they're getting paid around right now thirty-two million out of the Big Twelve. It's not a poverty program by any means. It's not, you know, that's it is small money compared to SEC or Big Ten, but it's a lot better than getting, for example, JMU is getting paid two million right now out of the Sun Belt. Right. That's group of five money. Just right. just to put that into perspective. No, absolutely. Big Twelve is making around thirty-two million per team. What if? Saudi Arabia comes in there and buys not necessarily the rights to the Big Twelve, but buys the marketing, or they say, or they they donate. They are the biggest donor to West Virginia. They are now the biggest voice in the room when it comes to athletic department, or they are the biggest voice in the Big Twelve, and they say, "Hey, we've got all this money to spend. How about we pay you the extra thirty million?" And now the Big Twelve. And the SEC are on par economically, meaning that the Big Twelve is making thirty-two per the TV contract, but but then say a big donor, a billionaire, Bill Gates, um, Jeff Bezos—I almost forgot his name there—Jeff Bezos or the Saudi Arabian government comes in and says, "Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to fill this gap and pay an extra thirty million dollars." So now West Virginia, TCU, Oklahoma State. All these teams that are now in the Big 12 are making SEC money. 
Do you think that's a possibility? And if you think it's a possibility, how do you feel about it? So I'm not going to rule out that it's that it is a possibility, but I don't think we would ever see it because I think that first and foremost, a lot of these schools are state funded. Mm-hmm. When you get private donations like that or public donations in the case of what Saudi um, what the country of Saudi Arabia would bring, um, I don't think it would happen uh, unless unless the United States government, gets to a point to where it is beyond corrupt. And I know this is a little bit heavy for... It's uh, politic heavy. Yeah, this is a little bit politic heavy. But at the same time, it's, it's a good point. Unless the United States government gets so corrupt that we are openly taking money from the United Arab uh, Emirates, I, I don't see it happening. If it does happen, then it would probably be listed under the Saudi vision 24, the same deal that they have with WWE currently, or it would be what's called from what I understand is wash money. So what, so they get the money under a different name, but ultimately they know where it's coming from. Um, yeah. And from there it's, I, again, being a fan of a lot of things, you don't want politics of another country to impact your football game at the end of the day. Um, uh, it's not anything that I would like to see. It's definitely not something that you know I would advocate for. I think it would ultimately, bo- if the U.S. government says, okay, you know, this is fine, we approve it, blanket approval. You know, get your money from wherever you want to get it. I think it comes back to the schools and the schools have to make that decision and the schools have to be prepared to face the consequences because I think it would be a massive boycott. Well, and it all depends on who it comes from because if I am, for example, I'm a massive donor at West Virginia. I have billions and billions upon billions of dollars to spend, okay? And I am I am literally donating 30 I am donating 30 million dollars to West Virginia to fill that gap. Yes. There. Okay. All right. Who is now behind the athletic director and the president of the university? Who now would be consider who whose opinion would be brought in if I'm spending thirty million dollars on a program? Yeah, absolutely. Mine. My my yeah. my opinion is it's, being it's brought whoever in. is donating the money. Exactly. So and I, I think that's why it's not going to happen. Because I think there's a difference between legacy donations, mm-hmm. uh, alumni donations, okay. everything like okay. that. Or somebody um, part of like the like we have the Country Roads Trust or the MAC, which is the Mountaineer Athletic Club. Exactly. Okay. Something like that, U.S. based, most likely your alumni. You don't really have an agenda besides supporting the program to the best of your ability and knowledge, right? Gotcha. Yes. So you're not intentionally marketing thing like and there might be a sponsorship deal there might be some kind of like that on the side of it and we already kind of see it with like people like phil knight at exactly exactly so there's not really there's that but i think bring in a completely totally different country or 
uh, political machine or you know anything like that, mm-hmm. that raises a lot of red flags, gotcha. and I, I don't think that would happen. Okay, because in long long story short, no, I don't see it happening. If it did, it would be very very bad. Gotcha. I understand. Um, I don't. I, I I don't know. Do I like? In my pre- it, it, let's let's go back to my scenario of me being a donor. If I ever win like sixty or not sixty billion, but like say I'm I'm earning a hundred billion, like I'm Jeff Bezos, okay, right. I am for sure donating thirty billion dollars to West Virginia yeah. just to you know to put them up there to upgrade, make it seem more attractive, one hundred percent. However, I think something like that can happen. We already kind of see it with Phil Knight as yeah. a not. I guess anonymous donation, but also just a private donation to the athletic department. You could do that, or now with NIL, do the Country Roads Trust, or to the Mountaineer Athletic Club, different things like that. You know, you, you can do that. Uh, you can post it to your your NIL collective. Um, with the Saudi Arabia situation or another country getting involved, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, may, uh, that... Maybe it could happen, especially if it's under a different name, and it's the only way I could see it being public, like where the Saudi Arabian government is donating to United States college football, would be if they donated to the NCAA directly, and the Ooh, NCAA dispersed that money. Uh, that because I don't think that's a situation where you can't pick and choose, right? Yeah. Um, because saying. Man, the them, the Saudi Arabians sure do love them West Virginia Mountaineers. Like, man, that's that's thirty million dollars on the table for this one specific program. That raises some red red flags as well. I will say, Country Roads is well known around the world. We saw it in Germany. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, I think we've gone enough. Yeah, into yeah. Light, lighter subject. Lighter subject. I thought it was just going to be an innocent question. LA Knight was robbed. Oh, gosh. Um, that's my last blurb about wrestling, Saudi Arabia, and everything else for this podcast. That got real edgy there for a bit. Yeah, we yeah. We, we need to lighten things up here. Yep. Um, okay. Speaking of changing the subject, uh, realignment. So, as of July 1st, 2023, we're... Um, oh, by the way, how could we have ever forgotten about this, Cole? Oh, my gosh. Happy 4th of July to yeah. all those who are listening. Happy 4th. America. I hope y'all are celebrating. You know, don't drink and drive. Um, eat some good barbecue oh, this weekend. Say, can you see? America. America. America's birthday. Yes. Um, anyways, back on topic. Happy 4th of July. I hope you have lots of hamburgers, hot dogs, fireworks. Have a great time. Stay safe out there. Don't blow your fingers off. Please. Uh, getting back to college football and realignment. As of July 1st of this year of 2023, the Big 12 ushers in four new teams, along with the American Athletic Conference and Conference USA. They also in bring, they also bring in new teams to their conference as well. Uh, this is the first physical movement, actual movement we've seen since 2021 when Texas and Oklahoma announced. Yes. I think it was the summer of 2021 when Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were leaving. Um, and this is the first time that teams are moving. They're actually on the move. Logos are changing. Uh, brand is changing. We're now going to see new teams at the media uh, at media days for Big 12. So it's going to be a great time. 
Let's talk about these teams going in. So for the Big 12, you get BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. Let's start off with BYU, Cole. BYU, for the first time since 2011, have joined a conference. They're coming out of independence. And they are compiling a 99-56 and record from being an independent how do you, how do you how do you think they how do you think they do? How does Brigham Young fit into the new Big Twelve? I think that the theme that you see with any of the four teams that just joined the uh, Big Twelve, especially BYU and UCF, not nearly as much with um, Cincy and Houston. Well, actually, not much as Cincy, but with Houston, BYU, and UCF, you're adding a lot more travel. Yeah. And I think that that's going to wear down on a program over time, especially for BYU being all the way out in Provo. But I think BYU has a good, good shot to be an immediate contender right away. Yes. I think that BYU is one of those scary programs that you don't want to see on your schedule because ultimately you don't know how well they're doing. Yeah. You don't know how – like an overall record only tells you so much. Um, BYU is one of those teams that can go and give Auburn a solid four quarters of football and, you know, scare you. Yep. Scare you quite a good bit. Yep. Um, uh, Kalani Sataki, the head coach over there, has built a, you know, a really stable, really stout BYU program. Um, as an independent, especially these last few years, had they went undefeated, more than likely they would have been in playoffs or at least – Playoff contention. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with with them being in a Power Five conference now, like we said last year, we considered them a Power Five with as oh, many yeah. Power Five teams as they played. But they're officially Power Five now. Um, they are the only Big Twelve went out and got three schools from very big markets: Orlando, Cincinnati, and Houston. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Cincinnati, and Houston are pro towns pro-team towns, so the Texans and the Bengals really run that, especially up in Cincinnati. The Bengals really run the Cincinnati market. Um, but they go out and they get those big three markets. That's great. Provo's not a, it's not Salt Lake City, you know? Right. So, um, but it does carry a little bit of the Salt Lake City market a yeah. little bit, so that's going to be well, big, good in, for the Big 12. In Utah, there's not... The only thing that Utah has going for them outside of um, hockey, women's basketball, I think there's a women's basketball team in Utah. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, they've got the Jazz for basketball. Yeah. So you're looking at an entirely new market for BYU, and uh, you know that's something that the Big 12 can really capitalize on. Exactly. Uh, so BYU, how do you think they face up here in their first year in the Big 12? Do you think they're going to be middle of the road, near the top half, or near the bottom half? Um, near the top half. Near the top half. What about you? I think they're going to be near the. I think they're going to be near middle of the road. Okay. I think they're really good. They are in a rude awakening for travel. Yes, they, I agree with you there. They but are again. BYU travels a lot. Uh, they traveled a lot when they were an independent. No, no matter what. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's definitely going to play a factor. It's going to wear them. on them. West yeah. Virginia coming in from, and I hate. I'm sorry. I keep going back to this, but West Virginia's other. For the first time, we now have an East Coast. We have now have two East Coast teams in the same yeah. time zone since we've been in the Big Twelve. When West Virginia made that transition from the Big East to the Big Twelve, we did really good. But travel really wore on us during that during the last half of that season. We started off great the first season. The Big Twelve went five and zero, and then we lost five straight. You know what popped up on my memories the other day? What? 
when West Virginia was number two in the country. Oh, no, don't. Please, no. Sorry, I just I had to bring it up. Ow. I was having a good day, Cole. I'm I was sorry. having a really good day. I'm sorry. Whatever. Um, back to BYU. Travel's going to going to really wear on BYU. Speaking of travel, they do have to come to West Virginia this year. That's a that's a monstrous travel and I'm so yeah. good West I'm so glad West Virginia doesn't have to do that this year. Um well, it's like BYU and UCF yeah. whenever they play. That's probably one of the longer trips if, in yeah. all of college football. Exactly. So, um I'm expecting BYU to be middle of the road. I'll say they go 7 and 5 this year in the in the new Big 12. I'll say 9 and 3. Nine and three. I think they come in with um, they have a heck of a team in Provo. Um, we saw last year where they posted a fairly impressive record, but I I do agree with you. I wouldn't surprise me if they did end up going middle of the road. Looking at uh, looking at BYU's schedule this year, um, their so their first two uh, out of conference games are. Sam Houston, which is now welcome to the uh, welcome to the FBS Division Single A. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get Sam Houston at home. They get Southern Utah at home. Cakewalk. You start off the season two two zero. Then you travel to Arkansas. Ooh. It's pronounced Arkansas. Uh, BYU goes to Arkansas to face on the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, in week three. And then from there on, they go to Kansas. Uh, they come back home to face Cincinnati. Then they go to TCU. They get Texas Tech at home. They got to go to Texas. Come to West Virginia uh, in November, on November 4th. Iowa State comes to BYU, comes to Provo. Oklahoma has to travel to Provo. And then to round out the year, BYU ends it with Oklahoma State. So looking at that schedule, I say they go 7-5. and five. Uh, probably lose to Arkansas, uh, lose to TCU, Texas Tech probably, and um, I'll say West Virginia too. I'll say, I'll say West Virginia on that. <laughs> That's a long travel game. I'm Cole's, doing the math. I'm Cole, sorry. Cole's doing the math. Yeah, I, I, I say you start out 2-0. and By Arkansas, you go 2-1. and Kansas is a toss-up. I really don't know. I'll go. I, I, I'll go with that's that's two straight weeks that BYU's got to travel. So I'll give Kansas that one two for two. They come back home. They break. Uh, they they don't break or they break past even. They break past five hundred. Uh, they win against Cincinnati. They go to TCU. They're back down to five hundred. They lose TCU three and four. By the time they uh, go to Lubbock or by Texas, by the time Texas Tech's got to go to Provo, I think Texas Tech wins that one. Texas is a toss-up. Texas could be decent this year, and you've got to travel to Austin. So I'm going to give that. I'm going to give that one to. Um, I'm going to give that one Texas. So that goes. That makes them three and five. They go to West Virginia. I say three and six. Uh, Iowa State. I think you beat Iowa State, and there's a possibility that you beat Oklahoma. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I don't know on that one. Um, I, I, I say between seven and five and uh, five and seven. I think that I agree with you on the seven and five, but my direction for BYU for nine and three, I have them dropping to Arkansas, Kansas, and West Virginia. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. And a lot of that had to do with the travel, not the talent of the team. A lot, of, yes. 
Thanks, Cole. <laughs> I appreciate that one. You're welcome. I appreciate that. A- okay. Anytime. Yep. So, moving on to Cincinnati. So, BYU, we have them either middle of the road or upper middle of the road. We'll say that. Yeah. Well, BYU, no, if you go 9-3, I consider you top five in the top five in the in the uh in the conference um cincinnati they're coming from the american athletic they've been a part of the big east they've been a part of conference usa missouri valley and they were independent for some time the one thing with cincinnati is they became the first team from group of five to be a part of the college football playoff that was 2021 and you know who their head coach was at the time Luke Fickle. You yeah. know who their head coach is now? Scott Satterfield. Yeah. The possible, the 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 worst possible timing for Cincinnati. Yes. To lose a coach like Luke Fickle of instantly just leaving out of the blue, goes to Wisconsin. Yep. And now you're you're with Scott Satterfield. Who knows? Maybe Scott Satterfield will work out, but we it didn't work out too great at Louisville. No. But we'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic that Satterfield's going to bring to Cincinnati. Um, we saw what he did at Louisville. He wasn't – he was very conservative uh, with the football at Louisville. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Cincinnati has always been a, you know, let's surprise them, let's shock the world, let's do this, let's do that. And I don't think Satterfield's the coach – for them, but again, that is super early for me to say something yes. like that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think, what else? Uh, AAC. They were uh, they weren't AAC conference champs last year, um, but they were two years ago. And like you said, they went to the playoffs. They were building a really really good team right there uh, under Luke Fickle and just a solid program. I think it's still a solid program, but you've got you, it's rough. You've got yeah. to. You've got to replace Luke Fickle. You get Scott Satterfield. Um, if I if I'm not wrong, I think Scott Satterfield is a Cincinnati alum. I'm not for sure. I think he is. I, I can't remember if he is or not. But speaking of Cincinnati, top ha- or, uh, top tier, middle of the road, bottom tier team this year. Bottom tier. Bottom tier. I agree with you. Bottom tier. It's going to be a rough year for the Bearcats. I don't think that their schedule is going to be – I think they come out the gate, they beat Eastern Kentucky 1-0. Lose to Pitt. That's a big rivalry, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh, I think they lose to Pittsburgh. I think they lose to Pittsburgh, too. 1-1. Um, one one. Win against Miami, Ohio, 2-1. Two mm-hmm. Lose against Oklahoma, 2-2. Two Cincinnati BYU, that's toss up to me. I think BYU wins that one. I agree with you, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati upsets. Yeah. Two and three. Iowa State, I think they lose to Iowa State two and four. Really? Yes. Um, I think Baylor beats them. Yep. Two and five. Going to Oklahoma State, I think they drop to Oklahoma State as well, two and six. At this point, your season's dead. You, you're just scrambling like it's it's going to be hard to make a bowl game. Yeah, near impossible. Then you go to UCF. I think they pull that one out. I think they pull that one out too. So three and six, Houston, four and six. I think they pull it out against Houston. West Virginia. I think Cincinnati comes into Morgantown 
and loses. Okay, thank you. I was like, where are you going with this? Dropping bowl eligibility. And then they finish out the season uh, against Kansas. So I four and eight. Four and eight. I say four and eight is a little bit and even then in those four wins, I think there are uh yeah, in those four wins, I could see any one of them except East Kentucky and Miami, Ohio being, you know, toss ups. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I also agree with you. Bottom tier, it's going to be a rough year again for Cincinnati. We'll see how it goes, though. Yeah. I'm excited. And Satterfield might come out and surprise everyone. Exactly. This is an old Big East. This is an old Big East foe for West Virginia. So a little bit of nostalgia here. <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia. Oh, great! <laughs> Why did I have to use? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. The next team that we shall talk about are the Houston Cougars, coached by former WVU. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, folks. <sighs> coached by former WVU head coach Dana Holgerson. Oh, Holgerson. Uh, Houston's coming from the American Athletic. They uh, they were uh, in the championship game against Cincinnati two years ago when Cincinnati went to the playoff. They there is a typo here. It says during their stint in the ACC, Houston, I don't believe, was in the ACC. No, AAC. AAC. There is a typo here that says ACC. God, could you imagine? I would be livid. Anyways, <laughs> Houston's in the ACC and not West Virginia. Anyways, uh, Houston also has quite a many uh, West Virginia recruits. Wonder mm-hmm. why that is. Uh, not recruits, transfers. Right. Um, Tony Mathis transferred to Houston over uh, over the spring. That's just one example. Oof. Yeah. Hey, but we have like a four horse race anyway. It, it, you know, three of the best running backs right now in uh, the running back room in West Virginia. But that's neither here nor there yet. Uh, here is my thing. When Dana was at West Virginia. It was always there was all speculation or this talk about how Holgerson didn't like being in the Big Twelve, thought there was a lot of pressure being in a Power Five. That's why he goes to Houston. He's from Houston. Houston was in a smaller conference, and he go he goes to Houston, and he's like, "This is where I, you know, smaller conference, great." Well, now they're in the now they're in the Big Twelve again. It's Dana's return to the Big Twelve. Um. I think we're going to see the usual out of Dana Holgerson. It's going to be middle of the road to low tier, and that's what he was at West Virginia. I agree with that. Um, he can't. He doesn't recruit. He is currently Houston. From what I saw today, Houston is 75th in the recruiting rankings. Mm. West Virginia is 37th. Mm. Yeah, that's why we. That's why Holgerson had to go for us. His recruiting was just not there. Um. Yeah. Uh, but Holgerson doesn't like to recruit. He's pl- put that out plain and simple. He does not like to recruit. Houston, for me, is going to be middle to bottom tier for the Big 12 this year. Um, And I think this is Holgerson's – I think if he doesn't do good this year on the hot seat, possibility that he could get fired after this year. Oh, New Year's Day, I think. Um, But I I, I Even if they wait that long. I would think, uh, honestly, though, I think that even if he doesn't live up to expectations this year and Cincinnati also does poorly – I think, or I think if, if Cincinnati and UCF, or just Cincinnati, does poorly, or maybe if BYU does poorly this year, uh, 
I think that they give Holgerson another year, and if it doesn't work out, exactly, he's done. I think that I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think as long as you get two or three wins, you're fine. Yeah. Um, looking into their schedule, I don't know if you want to do schedule breakdown on everyone or not. Uh, just just for these four, just for these four. Um, UTSA Houston, I think that's a win for Houston. UTSA is kind of a dangerous program, but. Houston wins, so one and zero. Houston Rice, two and zero. Rice gets JT Daniels this year. Two and zero. Um, TCU at Houston, two and one. Mm-hmm. Sam Houston at Houston. That's a lot of Houston's. Yeah, it is. Three, uh, three and one. Yeah. Houston Texas Tech, three and two. Yep. West Virginia Houston night game Thursday night game at Houston Holgerson should have returned to Morgantown. Okay, look, <laughs> there is no reason for the suspense. Okay, there's no reason for the suspense. Oh man, just say it already. Gosh. gosh. <laughs> Houston loses. Okay, thank you. Fine. Um, so that brings them to three and three. three, and three. Thank you. Um, Texas, Houston, three and four. Yep. Houston, Kansas State, three and five. Houston, Baylor, three and six. Cincinnati, Houston, as we said, toss up. Going to go with Cincinnati, three and seven. I'm going to go with Houston on that one, four and six. Okay. Oklahoma State. Houston. Three and eight. I mean, I mean, uh, Oklahoma. I meant, I meant, I'm going with Oklahoma State. I, not Houston. Oklahoma State wins. Houston. No. Oklahoma State wins. Out of four all and... the roster on Golden State, I want Iguodala. That's what you just said <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, no, three and eight. Four, four and seven. Three and eight, four and seven. Uh, Houston, UCF, three and nine. I got Golden Knights winning four, there. Four and uh, four and eight. Four and eight. Four I got eight. the Golden Knights win. Either one. way, bottom of the pack, missing out on bowl eligibility. Yes. Yes. Um, and then finally, Cole. So that's Houston. Your, oh, and 12. <laughs> your new favorite team of the Big 12. Oh, and 12. The University of Central Florida Knights. Boo! Whatever. The Knights played for the conference championship this past year against Tulane and lost. Good. Um, I'm very excited. I am not a UCF hater. They have a lot of passion, and I appreciate it. Okay? I am a UCF hater. I'm certified n- since day one. No, I, I am not a UCF hater. I think they're great. Um, it's about time that another Florida school showed up when the other three sucked. Uh it's what? What are you saying? I'm hating on all the big time Florida schools because if you want to sit here and talk about, oh, I'm big time, we're the big three, UCF, they may not be out recruiting you, but they've certainly been out playing you. Gators, infinitely better. No. Yes. No, you're telling me out of the past. All right, let's look at the past five years. Five years. UCF wins three to four of those years if they play Florida. They win four to five against Miami. And that one win. I'll agree with. Yes. Miami and Florida State, I will agree with you on. Florida, come on. I'm saying three to four. And I'm not even saying that from SEC bias. I think Florida is halfway decent. They are with Especially Billy Napier. But remember, they Billy had Napier. Dan Mullen. Yeah. They had Dan Mullen. Billy Napier's only been there two years, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. Three to four games. Okay. 
UCF sucks. I am not. I am going to do my best to not let personal bias against UCF because you know the Tigers destroyed them in their 2017 national championship season. You won by ten. We beat the brakes off of them. You won by (sighs) ten. Let's just pull up their schedule. All right. So UCF. I'll I'll let you go through this. Gus Malzahn returns to the Power Five. Okay. You've got a... I will say, mad respect to Gus Malzahn. One of the most underrated college coaches in all of America. Yes. His time at Auburn, the only reason why they were so competitive was because of Gus Malzahn and the talent he was able to bring in there. Yes. Now, back to hating on UCF. UCF also brings in a multi-sport athlete at quarterback on John Rice Plumley. He went from baseball. If you, I don't know if you remember yeah. seeing this, but he played baseball. He was in the baseball game. Yeah, I remember and that. As soon as it was over, with he had boom, to hop he, in the golf cart and go to the spring ball game. Yep, I remember that. So John Rice Plumley returns as quarterback for UCF. That makes them very dangerous. And I'm going to say UCF goes above BYU, or at least UCF and BYU are about the same. UCF is going to go middle road, but they're out of the three that are coming from the AAC. UCF is going to do the best. So, out of those teams, I'm going to say BYU does the best, UCF does the second best. Fair enough. I don't think that – I, and I'm, I'm not relying on the hype train on BYU. I just think that BYU is a better team than UCF. Now, I could eat my entire words on that one. Gus Malzahn has proven me wrong before. I've said LSU was a lock against Auburn many, many times, and then Gus Malzahn's the coach. Well, and here's the thing, too, is BYU, I think, is more calloused with how they scheduled as an independent. They had the they had yes. the advantage at scheduling tougher opponents as an independent than what UCF had to do as an AAC affiliate member. I agree. Um, they are the largest student population – According to them, they are seventy thousand students enrolled at UCF. Seventy thousand, and I think part of that too is they have a large uh, online program as well. Much like Liberty, how Liberty has a lot of students. Much yeah, of it is. If we're going by that, then the University of Phoenix is like top three in the nation. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Well, but that, but that's what it goes by. That's you're enrolled. You are a student of that university. UCF seventy thousand plus students enrolled there. Um, they are the largest college, according to student enrollment. UCF is the largest school in the United States, 70,000 Just because you're the biggest doesn't mean you're the best. Tell that to Texas. <laughs> Horns down, by Horns the way. Down. Horns down. It's Horns been too down. long. Horns, Horns down. down. Horns down. Um, anyways, they... Uh, God, does that mean that I get to say it over the next couple of years instead of you? Yes. Well, I mean, we're both. Either way, we're both going to say it. We're both going to save it, but now there you have to play them in conference. I have a direct relationship with the University of Texas yes, now, and mine will just be secondary at that yeah. point. That, That's uh, weird, isn't it? Weird, very weird. Yeah. Um, so UCF again. I think that with John Rice Plumley, with Gus Malzahn, I think they have. They're going to do really well. I think within a few short years they'll be within five to six years I think they'll contend for a Big 12 title not I th- saying they'll play for the, in the championship game but they'll be up there I think they have the tools to make a run it just depends on how hype they're going to get and nobody and once they start playing really well and they've been in the Big Big 12 for a little while nobody is going to st- nobody's going to be talking about here's, the Big 3 
also it's going to be the big four in Florida. Here's also a good thing. Like looking at their, I, do you have anything else you want to say regarding? I'm, I was just going to say that UCF very well. If if Miami, if Florida, if Florida State do not get their act together, UCF will be the top Florida school. I think that Florida under Billy Napier is still is going to hold that reign for a little bit longer. Yes, Florida State. Oh, they went nine and three last year. Yeah, but and they are a favorite to win the ACC this year. I don't think that's going to happen. I I don't know. I, I think out of the four Florida programs right now, um, well, more than that, but the four main ones that we're looking at right now. Yes, the four Florida, power five. Right, Florida number one, Florida State number two, UCF three, Miami four. I am. If we're talking financial-wise, UCF is at the bottom. Right. If we're talking competitiveness... That's what I was referring to. I don't think Florida is getting better, maybe. We'll see. The spring game was iffy. The offense was really sluggish. Yeah, it was a little stagnant. It was, but it's a spring game. And I think a lot of that had to do with Billy Napier trying to invigorate the offense a little bit more. I think so. They get the Wisconsin quarterback coming in who, if you know Wisconsin, they don't throw the football ever. It's just they run the football the whole time. The quarterback's just there to hand it off. That's pretty much I mean, that's essentially Big Ten football. Pretty much. Old school Big Ten football. Which, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Jury's still out on Florida. The jury is kind of coming to a decision on Florida State. Uh, Mike Norvell was supposed to be – last year was going to be it. If he did not – if he had not gotten a 9-3 year or an 8-4 and four year, he more than likely would have been fired. But he found some magic there with Jordan Travis. Um, uh, they got really, really lucky right there against LSU, unfortunately. Really, really lucky, and they have to try and repeat that uh, in Orlando this year. But UCF ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna, yeah. Uh, jury, um, uh, Mario Cristobal is, I almost called him Chris Norvell. Mario Cristobal down at Miami. Uh, this is his second year. Terrible last year. Absolutely garbage. Um, see what they can do. See if it gets built back. But all, I, I would say Florida is gonna, be, those four schools are going to be unstoppable for. Those four schools are going to be unstoppable if all of them are good because all those Florida recruits are going to stay home because you've got Florida State all the way up in Tallahassee in the panhandle. Great. You're going to be able to really recruit to kids within that section and kids who were like, I don't want to go all the way down to Miami because that's a – I don't want to have to go to Georgia. Georgia, exactly, exactly. or Auburn or somewhere else. I want to stay in state. I want to stay kind of close to home if they live right there near Tallahassee. Great. Florida is also kind of more central a little bit as mm. well. You grab those kids as well. UCF is smack dab in the middle of Florida right there in Orlando. Um, and you're able to keep kids who – Orlando is kind of a big hot hotbed recruiting. Um, you're able to keep kids from Daytona Beach or wherever it may yep. be, uh, Fort Lauderdale, wherever it may be. And in Miami, you've got yeah. the South Florida recruits because we know good and well that FAU, FIU, and USF are not keeping those recruits. But if Miami gets good, you get to keep the South Florida recruits as well. Yep. So if Florida if, – if all four of those Florida schools are good – 
there nobody, not even Nick Saban himself, is going to be able to touch Florida with a ten foot pole in recruiting. Yeah, it's not going to happen. They're not going to leave Florida. Looking at UCF schedule, um, massive advantage to them because I have them starting out three and zero. Kent State, Boise State, Villanova, one hundred percent three and zero. K State first drop of the season yes. three and one. Baylor, three and two. Kansas, three and three. Oklahoma, three and four. West Virginia, three and five. Won't even make you wait for that one. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Cincinnati, three and six. Really? Yeah. Mm. I think that, and as I mentioned on the other ones, I think that Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU all playing each other. I think that any of those games are toss-ups. But in this specific instance, I'm going UCF over Cincinnati. And it takes no skill to guess these games. We're just guessing for the yeah. fun of it. At this but point, that's yeah. the fun of it. That's yeah. We enjoy doing that. Kent, so, I agree with you. In those first three games, first non-conference games, Kent State, Boise State, and Villanova, 3-0. They dropped to Kansas State. Absolutely, I agree with you there. I think they beat Baylor. Really? I think they beat Baylor. Okay. I think they beat Baylor. I think they beat Kansas. Uh, and I think they take their first drop to Oklahoma. Their second drop. Second, second drop to Oklahoma, making them at that point, let's see, one, two, three. Uh, five and two. Five and two. Get off to so, a hot start. I think if West, it all depends on West Virginia this year. If West Virginia is not good by UCF, if they have not gotten it together, if Neil Brown's been fired, or if Garrett Green just didn't, if if Neil Brown, uh, not Neil Brown, if Garrett Green doesn't pan out the way we hope, we'll see. But for right now, I feel comfortable with Neil with um, West Virginia's running game right now. Okay. Um, and our offensive line and how we feel with quarterback. I think I think we can win that one at the bounce house. I think they so, beat Cincinnati. I think they lose to Oklahoma State again. Um, Texas Tech and Texas Tech is a uh, toss up for me. See, I think the Red Raiders are going to come in there and beat UCF. I think that that's not going to be a question. Okay. Personally, I think they beat Houston at the at the end of the day. I think they end up going eight and four, seven and five. I think they right there go, along with BYU. That's that's a fair assessment. I think they go either seven and five or a dead even six and six. Uh, well, I could see a six and six too. Yeah. But my, I'm going to stick with eight and four, seven and five. I say seven five six and six. Okay. So Panthapod agrees that they're going to go seven and five this year. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so that's it for the Big Twelve: BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF. All come into the. Uh, I'll come into the Big Twelve. These next schools, we're not going to go in depth very much with them. Just going to tell you who they are, uh, what conference they came from, where they're going to, things like that. Uh, the Charlotte 49ers go from Conference USA to the AAC, to the American Amen. Conference. Amen. Uh, they're going to be bottom tier right then and there. Yeah, 100%. They're, I don't think they'll win a game this year. Florida Atlantic is coming from Conference USA. Um, they're going to the AAC. The AAC, thank you very much. Cool. Would you like to know who their head coach is? You know who their head coach is. Oh no! It's Tommy Boy, oh, Tom no. Herman. 
Tom Hearn. Why? I don't I don't know. Remember that was a big big yeah. surprise. Oh, in the no. off season, in the early, early, early Tommy off season, boy, what are you doing? Tom Herman is going to Conference USA or to the AAC, going to coach at FAU. How will that turn out? I don't know. That yeah. is going to be a wild. That's time. wild. Um, for it's th- like Dion going to Colorado, it, isn't it? Yeah. FAU. Um, I see FAU just being kind of middle of the road with Tom Herman in there, yeah. middle of the road for AAC. Um, North Texas, the Mean Green, going to the AAC, coming from Conference USA, been a part of Sunbelt, Big West, Missouri Valley, and they were independent there they, for a while. Uh, that's also where our West Virginia's athletic director is from. Really? Baker. Yeah, he's from Mean Green. Uh, I also, Mean Green is solid. Uh, North Texas is a pretty solid program. I say middle of the road as well for the AAC. Eric Morris was the OC for Washington State. Um I think they should be at least upper middle of the road. Um, however, one thing that we are not accounting about the University of North Texas is some famous athletes who came from the University of North Texas. Chuck Beatty, Brian Waters, and do you want to take a guess at the last one? I didn't know any of those two. You know the last one. Famous athlete from Texas. Uh, um, I don't know, Cole. Specifically from Victoria, Texas. No way. Yes. Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin, baby. He went to me. He went to North Texas. University of North Texas. Wild. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the best alumni you could ever have. Yes, one hundred percent. Anyway, sorry, no, had not. to get that out there. Um, moving on to Rice, uh, coming from Conference USA, going to the AAC. Um, middle of the road. Middle of the road, the bottom tier. Yeah. Uh, JT Daniels transfers from West Virginia to Rice. That's not going to help them. That's not going to hurt them. No. I've, um, if anything, I think it. it it might help them a little bit, but uh, it won't do any harm. Uh, Rice is going to be middle to bottom tier for me on that one. Uh, University of Birmingham Blazers yep. coming from Conference USA to AAC. <sighs> Trent to, Dilfer. Middle to upper tier. I, I agree with that. Middle Trent Dilfer as the head coach. Oh, that's right, because he's the new head coach. I yep. completely forgot about that. I think – he this being his first big break into coaching we'll see how it plays out but history tells us it's not going to be good yeah because we saw what drew Brees did at purdue in the bowl season ow uh just figured i'd bring that one up uh lastly for the aac the utsa roadrunners for me UTSA top tier AAC immediately. They they are going to replace Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. They are going to be up there with Tulane. Um, Yeah. Um, Conference USA new members. Yes, big one. Liberty University, massive dumb move on Liberty University's part. They should have waited and joined the ACC, or just waited and become and done what BYU did and schedule bigger opponents. Yep. 
Liberty Joints, Conference USA, coming out of independence since 2018, since they were joining FBS, take a pay cut. Uh, they lose Hugh's free, Hugh Freeze, but they gain they gain Jamie Chadwell yeah. for head coach at uh, at Liberty. Um, they also gained uh, uh, Tony Washington as a wide receivers coach. He came from West Virginia. Reese Smith was also a wide receiver at West Virginia. There were several of them that went to Liberty there. Um, but I think Chadwell is going to be a good fit for Liberty. It's yes. just going to be interesting to see how well he's going to mesh in. Yes. But if Hugh Freeze can mesh in with Liberty, I think anybody can <laughs> yeah. mesh in with Liberty. Uh, Liberty's winning Conference USA. I put it down right now. Liberty's winning Conference USA title this year. Liberty is going to fall short in the championship game. No. Yes. To who? Tulane. Tulane's an AAC. Tulane? Oh, Conference USA. I thought we were still talking no, about no. AAC. No, no. Liberty's in Conference USA. Yeah. Right. They are running the table. They're winning Conference USA their very first year. They're winning Conference USA. Who do they? They have to play. They have to play. Let's, let's pull up. Well, let's pull. I up. know we said we weren't going to go in depth, but let's pull up the schedule. Let's on this pull one. up the schedule right here. Liberty Flames football. The schedule. All right. They play. Oh, I forgot they have to play Rich Rod. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um. They have to play. They have to play Bowling Green, win. They have to play New Mexico State, win. They have to play Buffalo, win. FIU, a win. Sam Houston, win. Jacksonville State, win. Middle Tennessee could be their toughest opponent. Uh, actually, no, scratch that. Not Middle Tennessee. Yep, I was about to say, you seen that bottom of the schedule yet? Yeah. Uh, the, the win against Liberty. Their toss-up game is Western Kentucky to me. I think to that's me, going to be their toughest game. Their toss-up games are Old Dominion, Western no. Kentucky. Yes, come no. on. ODU, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. They're running the table. They win the conference this year. They win the conference. All right. They win the conference. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'll put it down right now. Put it down right now. Let's let's go ahead and make a let's go ahead and make a note of this, Cole. Also joining Conference USA, the New Mexico State Aggies, not the Lobos. Um, previously in Sun Belt, Western Athletic, Big West, Missouri Valley, Pacific Coast Athletic Association, and the Border Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Bottom tier. Yes. Immediate bottom tier. Yes, 100%. Um. Jerry Kill's cool. Diego Pavea, their uh, quarterback, he's decent. He's exciting. He's definitely um, dual threat. But I don't think that they're going to be relevant No, for some time. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, bottom tier, 100% for me. Uh, we go to old Richie boy over here, Rich Rodriguez, and his Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Uh, they move up from FCS to FBS. Uh, they will be joining Conference USA this coming season. Jacksonville State, middle of the road. They did they did pretty good last year under under Rich Rod. Um, middle of the road to upper tier for Conference USA. Sam Houston, um, 2020 FCS national champions, moving up to FBS in 2023. <sighs> 
middle tier to upper tier in Conference USA. Yes, I would say I would say upper tier. So I would say Jacksonville State and Sam Houston go to that upper tier. But again, Liberty's run the table this year. And then finally, moving up from FCS as well, Kennesaw State. Surprising. Very surprising. That one came out of nowhere as well. Um, Kennesaw State moving up to Conference USA after being in F, uh, FCS. They have only had a football program since 2015. Yep, and it's been an eight-year struggle. And did you also know, aside from the um, military academies, they strictly run the triple option? R- mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they strictly Don't run the like triple that. option. Uh, immediate bottom tier, maybe mid tier. Triple yes. option isn't anything new and exciting. Agreed. Agreed. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, getting through that, it's going to be a new, exciting year, Cole. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think, uh, again, new places, new faces. It should be interesting. We'll see how the Big 12 turns out. We're definitely going to be following that very closely. Um, I think we're going to have to split this one up, bud. Uh, I think we can end it right here. But Oh, no, we... what I'm saying is, like, recruiting and transfer. We can cover that. Yeah, we'll recover that. We'll cover that. Um, thank you to Trevor Pig, who sent us in a question. Uh, the question was, and we did a little bit of this, but the question was, a bi-conference team breakdown and win total is what he, wanted, uh, is what he has asked for. Lucky for you, Trevor, come August. We are going to do a multi-episode breakdown of all the Power Five teams. We're going to get to all. We're going to get to all the Power Five teams breakdown conference, um, everything like that. So we may not. We're not going to be able to get to this. Uh, get it. Get to it. This episode, but it will be coming. Um, so thank you, Trevor, again for submitting that questions. And again, guys, uh, submit your questions. We really want to make this show for Instagram, what you want to hear. Facebook, Twitter, email, email uh, everything. This season we're going to be up and running on YouTube. I finally figured out how to do that. Oh, awesome! Um, so we it should be uh, very interesting. Um, yep. Hopefully, you know. Uh, thank you guys again for always supporting us, tuning out. Um, part two of the summer special will be coming out uh, soon. We just got to figure out schedules and everything like that. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think that about does us for today. Um, before we go, Cole, I've got one more thing. Yeah, what's your you. what's your surprise there, bud? I've got one more thing. Uh, this past year, in our final episode in our season finale, you stated at 23 minutes and 50 seconds that LSU is going to win the SEC championship this year. I stand by that. You stand by that. I stand by. We're gonna talk about it more when we get uh, when we start the season back up in August. For that, I'm Owens Pelnick. My name's Cole Connor, and thank you for listening to the Panther Pod Summer Special. Go Tigers.